Hello and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast, a show about whatever I want. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and what I want to do today is to speak with two enlightened individuals, Nikki Simmons and Tom Zamzo, who in addition to having so many talents, are the co-hosts of the popular podcast, Hire with an exclamation point, Career Podcast, a show about how to navigate one's career through their very own insights and the valuable insights of business leaders, side hustlers, entrepreneurs, and a myriad of other fascinating guests that all want to effect positive change in the world. Today's show is gonna be wild. We're going to spend some time exploring diversity and inclusion, also known as DNI. We'll spend some time on how individuals today have more power than they've ever had to influence significant positive change within their organizations. We'll look at career journeys, how personal stories have the power to transform, and so many other topics that will come up organically during the course of our candid conversation. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my new friends all the way from beautiful Switzerland, Nikki and Tom. How are you both doing on this fabulous day? Hi, Alex. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Alex. Great to be on the show. Thanks for having us both. It's great to have us both on the show, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. And greetings <laughs> to everybody from Switzerland. You know, we removed in the, in the Swiss Alps. awesome awesome so from switzerland to canada here we are connected Mm -hmm. uh, via these airwaves and i'm just so thrilled to be able to talk to both of you you both have a podcast called the higher podcast and before we get into that i just want to do an introduction to how we met to all of our audience today And that stems from, and I don't know if you know this, Tom, but it stems from a LinkedIn article that I came across when I was just perusing the platform, having fun scrolling. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I came across an article that, and I won't say this lightly, kind of blew my mind. It was about sustainability. Oh, I mean it, man. It was about (laughs) sustainability. And it was so well-written, Tom. It was so well-written, articulated beautifully, not too long, not too short, had beautiful educational content in there, seemed like it was really well-researched. And I just thought, oh, I, I love this dude. He- he- he's so awesome. <laughs> I've got to know who he is. And so I think I may have sent you an invite request. Hey, Tom, want to be my friend? Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I-, I-, I really like what you're doing and I want to follow you and I want to learn from you. And and this is sort of the way that many of, of my latest friendships have come about is just by admiring something that someone creates and just saying, hey, can I can I follow? Can I continue to learn? So um, th- that makes sense. Tom, do you remember the article <laughs> that, I, that I read? <laughs> I don't exactly, but I remember it being mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't know, but it's interesting. Sometimes the, uh, the LinkedIn, especially on LinkedIn, the algorithm is just kind and puts your uh, work in front of the right eyes. And it's also, it's very affirming to me, you know, because for both for the the show the higher career podcast that we've created that nikki and i've created together as well as for my own entrepreneurial ventures um you try and go by the book a little bit which means put your thought leadership out there put the blog get the search engine optimization going so that people can find you on google and so i think this was, the, was at the very beginning when i was just getting my feet wet so the fact that you know we formed this friendship now and now we're recording an episode together is you know proof of just put yourself and your values out there and eventually you know the people that um I click and are riding a very similar wavelength to you will find you and discover you and you will um you know 
be enriched for it. Absolutely. And it didn't take me long to discover Nikki Simmons. There, there is a <laughs> treasure trove of information on you, Nikki, on the internet. Mm -hmm. And you are remarkable, remarkable. Your story, your history, your passion for sports and educating and learning and beautiful causes that we'll get into soon really inspired me. And I'm I'm so honored to be your new friend and to have this opportunity to, to talk with you as well, Nikki. So I, I'm just I'm just thrilled to be able to learn even more oh, about who you are and what thanks. you do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Same for me. I mean, when Tom suggested this and to meet you, of course, I jumped at the chance having looked at what you do. So look at us all being, uh, you know, complimentary to each other. But I think it's just really cool when this these connections come together and something great happens from it. So I'm very happy to be here. I do too. Now, how did you two meet? How did you two crusaders, you two people that are changing the world, and I mean that, I think you're changing the world. How did you two come together and end up forming a partnership? Tom, do you want to start? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I can. I was going to toss the ball to you, but as you know, the former pro athlete, you were faster as per usual. Um, <laughs> Nikki and I actually, we, uh, Nikki and I met at work. So um, we both, you know, I left the private sector this year to um, finally launch my own entrepreneurial ventures and work on sustainability and communications and uh, reputation management. But we met um, way back when in the day when we both, uh, you know, worked in, in corporate offices. And um, I can't remember the exact moment, but maybe Nikki can, Nikki can refresh my memory on this data um, but we connected through humor and uh, there's something that i believe in very strongly just energy and being on the move to somewhere and looking beyond our nine to five jobs into the organization outside of the organization to see um, what we can change where we can articulate our values um, and bring others along for the ride and i think this is how we really picked up on one another because whether it's on sustainability or diversity equity and, and inclusion um, we're just very vocal and we're not neither one of us is really shy to um, to speak up for the things that we believe in and challenge the norms that are surrounding us Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Nikki, is that how it really happened? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we met in a bar or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did. We did. We, we did. I'm only joking. We did meet at work, but I think it was probably because um, I joined the LGBT group um, when I first joined um, because that's where I felt, you know, there's going to be people like me and it's a great place to, to find other people and to get into the company. And I think that's where we met as well, but also we're in the same department. So I used to see Tom on the corridor all the time. So I think that's probably also where we met. It could have been there too. Um, but yeah, as Tom said, we just had this great energy together and we just got on really well straight away and, you know, a bit of banter here, there and everywhere. And it's not often that a lesbian woman and a gay man get on so well as well, which is funny. Um, it, it does happen, but not so often. I think it's really cool to, to have that connection because, um, yeah, I love to be hanging out with the community as well, and especially in Switzerland. Um, it's not such a big community here, so it's nice to have have someone very close to me who's who's part of our community too. So, yeah, and we just bounce off each other. I think even in work, you know, we used to if we were ever in meetings together, it was always energized as well, energizing other people, and I think that's what we've brought into the um the career podcast too. So, as you probably know yourself, having listened to it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is that both of you mentioned humor and you both mentioned energy. 
And mm-hmm. I find that fascinating because don't you find that oftentimes it is the connection, it's the humor that draws us to one another? And it seems to me that the two of you found this commonality, this humor, this energy that 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 came together. And here you are, friends, and I'm assuming many years later, right? Uh, and working to, with one another, which is so, so cool. I certainly believe in it very strongly. It's you need to know yourself um, and you need to put a bit of work in as well to do this. But then you have almost this uh, this this compass inside yourself where you just very intuitively know um, a person that's going to be with you for the, you know, for the for the long haul, for the long term. And uh, I always say this, there's really no 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 right or wrong when it comes to friendships or relationships that you build. Some are going to be there for a day. Some are going to be there for a week, um, half a year, a month, a decade or forever. And um, I don't know. I've just developed the sense that uh, Nikki is going to be one of the forever people as much as she intimidates me (laughs) i must say i must say as you know nikki always says she's a former pro athlete um but you know that spirit and that fire never quite um, goes away um completely and so every time that we bring a guest onto our podcast um you know they are either nikki simmons super fans or they're otherwise connected um to sport and so i usually always kick back for the first 15 minutes so that they can all you know catch up on what makes them fly Oh, that I is love it because I'm a Nicky Simmons super fan too. Oh, uh, that is that is awesome. Now, speaking of your backgrounds, uh, you mentioned that you met because uh, I guess your your company that you both worked for was fairly progressive in the sense that they had an LGBTQ community. Uh, is that is that is that what happened? Is that the nature of how you guys came together? Was that you were part of this group within the company? Yeah, I mean, um, when I joined, I mean, it's not that long ago now, but like I joined the company because they had an, an inclusion and diversity department, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I was moving out of sport into corporate. So very different, big change. And I thought that's something that I saw was like, oh, that's that's great. You know, even if it wasn't developed, which we, you know, finally found out that it needed a lot of work. But um, when I when I got there, I knew that there was a place for me, a space for me. The company was looking at that at least, you know, and there was there was definitely room to grow. So for me, it was really important. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we got to hang out a bit more. We were part of that group as well. Like even though we were in the same department, we were different teams. And even mm-hmm. though, as I said, this corridor is not a small little corridor in our office, it's <laughs> massive. And it's this massive big place where we have like escalators. And Tom used to always sit out on the desks there. So he literally would see him all the time. And, you know, in his in his ways, like talking to people and like so interesting to to meet someone like that who's like, you know, able to connect people and just is himself. And I think that's what also, you know, brought me to him, too, because I really when I started working there, wanted to really be myself, even though I was out. But I was like, there's still more for me to give and there's more you know, there's, there's way more stuff that I want to do with, especially in this space. So seeing Tom being so comfortable as well, I think that was also how we connected together too. Oh, that's beautiful. And speaking of that growth, um, Nikki, you mentioned that when you transitioned from sport to corporate, did you do that because it was time to do that from a sporting perspective? And what I mean by that is that I love all kinds of sports and I know you play hockey mm-hmm. and over here in North America, ice hockey is a huge thing. And it always amazes me that there's a certain age that you start to see the hockey players leave. And mm-hmm. I guess that has to do with, with physicality and, and an ability to maintain that, that level of physicality for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Was that the impetus behind your leaving sports or was it more growth oriented? Did you feel that it was time to grow in different ways and expand in different ways or, or perhaps, perhaps a bit of both? 
that's uh, really interesting question because it comes differently for everyone, right? So I, I think it was a mixture of both. I also have osteoarthritis in both of my hips. So mm. I have played on over probably four years over than my doctor let me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had two operations and I just continued because my ultimate goal was to go to the Olympic Games. So I really tried to do that. And I played one year after that as well. So I retired in 2013 after trying to qualify for the third time, but for London, which was in 2012. And I just, it came to a point where I just was really, really, it was really hurting me. You know, that summer in 2013, I was just in pain all the time. So I thought, look, I have to stop. Um, and also I did have that moment, which I never thought I would, where I went, actually, I don't love the sport anymore. I'm done. Mm. And you never think that will happen. I'm sure it happens in, in careers as well. Suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> you know, you finally have that click and that's what happened. Um, so there's a bit of a mixture of everything, but it was really difficult because then it was all about my identity and I still struggle with it a little bit now um, and changing that identity. And I actually went to work in sport after that. I went and did a master's in sports management here in Lausanne because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to give more to sport. While I was an athlete, I was also a teacher. So I, I didn't want to continue there. I loved it, but I still knew there was more to me and there was more, you know, outside of Ireland as well. I just felt I needed to get out. Um, and in ways I ran away from the sport too, but then I also got brought back to earth when I did my sports masters because it was all about the Olympics. It was all about sport. Everyone was loving sport. And at the moment I was hating it. So it was an interesting move for me, but also it made me look directly at it and not run away any further because I'd already run from Ireland to Switzerland. And I think it just gave me a bit of a wake up call like you have to actually deal with it. And I did. I worked in sport. I worked in hockey, actually field hockey for five years before I moved to corporate. So it was quite a long journey from being an athlete to moving into corporate. There was a whole job in between that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of things that happened during that time. And I'm so grateful I did because I wouldn't met Tom either. and I wouldn't be where I am today. Also. Of course, of course. <laughs> and and I, I find it so fascinating that as much as we run from things and we're all, I won't say guilty, but we all mm -hmm. do it. We all move and relocate and think that uh, perhaps things will change or we'll have mm -hmm. a fresh start or we'll have a new outlook. But what I've learned somewhat recently is that there is no running. And I think that you kind of discovered that. There you go. Mm -hmm. You go to Lausanne <laughs> and you do a, a sports degree and boom, you're right back in it. You're, you're mm -hmm. back in hockey. You're back looking at the Olympics. And it's just so fascinating in life that, that the, the more we look inward, the more we look outward. And we end up seeing all of those things so clearly that we were running away from and mm -hmm. we're forced to, to have to confront them. Tom, you left your corporate position then and you decided to do things on your own. And you started consulting and you're writing and you've got a podcast. What was the impetus behind that change? Um, thank you. You've already had <laughs> my, my talking points ready. Um, these are all the wonderful things that we're doing. I cannot help, but I just need to um, say something what you just mentioned about, you know, running away um, from something because we had a really interesting guest on the show that taught us about um, fear and this impulse mm -hmm. that we have to move away from certain things that uh, that um, make us feel fear. Because, you know, back in the day, evolution taught us to run away from like the rustling bushes because more than likely it was going to be a lion to eat us but nowadays yes. I feel like we have fear it can also especially when you look at careers can be something that signals 
um, high risk, but also high reward. It might signal something that you actually value so much that it's too scary for you to pursue because what if it doesn't work out? Um, and that is very, very, very similar also to why I decided to quit my corporate job um, because I had a nervousness around doing it, but it wasn't the nervousness of leaving and starting something different. It was the nervousness of finally being able to do what I've always wanted to do. Um, mm. And so for me, my this is my my big passion. I'm a I'm a green eco warrior person. I would mm-hmm. just want to see um, I want to see this beautiful planet of ours survive with all the diversity that is on it. Um, but I've come over the past years, especially where I started, because I studied maritime um, affairs and maritime sustainability, coastal um, community management. Um, I've noticed that this is not a matter of wishful thinking, but we have to play with the very real variables that um, have impact and influence over the fate of the world and where we're going to move next. So this can be you know, accepting that politics is what it is and influencing politics towards a more um, sustainable environmental stewardship direction. Um, mm-hmm. Or research, and for me, at the end of the day, it was the private sector because um, I'm too, I'm too, I have too much of an extroverted energy profile for research. You know, these buildings are quite drafty as well. Um, politics, <laughs> politics, I didn't want to do. NGOs, not-for-profit organizations, I was too afraid of. And uh, yeah, the private sector has money, and not for me, but for for good causes if it's directed and governed appropriately. They've got supply chain influence, reach, very direct consumer touch points. They have all this power to influence. And so I went into that sector to learn how to influence that sector towards causes that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I finished my education with corporate um, for the moment. And so at the end of the day, I said, um, I want to work towards my values through two different angles. One is to with the podcast that Nikki and I are doing um, on uh, on the, we want people to have an easier time at their nine to five jobs to f- um, navigate their careers with more ease and more mm-hmm. fulfillment so that they have some uh, mental capacity and some headspace available because they're not struggling all of the time to be articulate about their values, to help change the places where they work for the better, to say, hey, employer, I care about this. I believe our organizations should represent this, put money behind those causes, invite thought leadership uh, on sustainability or diversity and inclusion um, into our organization. Um, so it has to do with you know liberating talent to help ch- drive change from the inside and what I do with my consulting firm, which narcissistically is called Zamzo Consulting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good also, name. <laughs> I know, also for the search engine, uh, obviously. Um, this, there's what I do, something very actively, which is um, you know environmental, social governance-driven reputation management, specifically for larger organizations. So I will say, I am proposing a trade-off to you. What are the what is the impact, the positive impact that you can have as an organization authentically, without washing, without big media buys, um, something that fits your narrative so that you can have a positive impact? And in return, what I will do is I will help you get out of your shell, find new friends in unlikely places, expand your network, your reach, and your bottom line at the end of the day. And so everybody wins. Because I believe, you know, closing your eyes and pointing an angry finger, um, at certain segments of industry and just waving it angrily in the air is not going to solve anything. We need to create um, um, stimulus 
for the private sector to to you know own up and take uh, accountability. This was the longest answer. I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, it, it was a phenomenal answer, and it's it's so fascinating because in essence, what you're saying here, well, you said a lot of things, but you you began by talking about fear, addressing that fear, and going out on your own and doing something that that you'd always wanted to do, mm. and then we talk about what you're currently doing. And it's amazing that you are bringing parties together. And so there's more unity than there is division. And it's not us against them, but it's how can we partner with new friends? How can we make new friends? Yeah. Ironically, that's the way we started out this podcast, was by talking <laughs> about our new friendship. So with all of the things that you're doing, you've got consulting Tom, you've got a, a job Nikki, you've got a podcast, you've got, we'll call them side hustles, all these other side hustles. Where is the delineation between corporate and personal, or is that delineation beginning to erode these days? Maybe. That's a really good one. You kept giving it to me. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, I think, you know, actually, one of our senior leaders posted this the other day um, on LinkedIn about how she used to put up a firewall between personal and and work. And she said, with COVID in the last whatever 18 months it's changed her perspective on that completely and she's she's realized that actually her people in work are her friends and she should share things and they got so close you know especially with what was happening especially when you're in a country that's not your own as well um so I think there is a shift in that and I think I've noticed a shift in myself too that I've been much more personal in work too than I was before and I think one of the things for me was because I was before I was working in the International Hockey Federation, I was very much the former hockey player. You know, I thought I had to be so like, um, what's the word, like serious. And I had to be, you know, all of these things. And then I went into corporate, which probably most people would think I have to be more serious, but I felt I became a bit more myself and a bit more playful and a bit more energized and all the different things. So for me, it was really important to become mix the two like not too much I think still there's a lot of you know to be professional in in the job especially in the corporate world but there's also a line that can be crossed a little bit and it's a little bit gray and I think it can really help you um to develop if you do kind of make that barrier a little bit less like a firewall and a little bit more open because people then start understanding you right they understand why you do things they understand why you work the way you do they understand that you've got a family or they understand that you might be, you know, trying to train for an, a marathon and you've got to go do all your training and all these different things that people should know about you as well and why you do certain things at work. And I think I feel, especially in my team, that's that's definitely something that's that's helping us to understand each other because you've got to work together, right? We're all different. And if we don't know anything about each other, then it's very hard to do that because you don't yeah. all different backgrounds. You're coming from different countries, different cultures different sexualities, different everything, how you need to give a bit of that because then people, like I said, understand you more and they're able to work with you better and you're able to work with them better as well. This is so refreshing, don't you find? I I, I certainly <laughs> do. And, and this is so new, I find as well, because there's always been this conception that we can't get too close to our employees, particularly if we're in a leadership position, mm. because if we do, then we can't drop the hammer. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and this this is so archaic, this way of thinking, first of all, that we can't share personal information. And second of all, that a hammer has to be dropped at all. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. the way leadership works mm-hmm. anymore. So it's so very refreshing to, to hear this, Nikki, that you know, in your job and in corporate, you, you went from being a serious professional hockey player to perhaps even a little bit more playful, which is mm-hmm. which is fascinating. And and you've opened up and you're seeing that reflected in corporate, the fact that people actually open up. I'll share a very, very quick uh, case study with you. My brother works for a massive corporation and his his superior, who's one of the top people of the company, ended up displaying his emotions in a video call with his team. And my brother thought, oh boy, I wonder how this is going to go. And in the Mm -hmm. end, it ended up being such a beautiful moment that brought the team together in Mm -hmm. such a way that my brother had a hard time explaining it to me in terms of how beautiful uh, a thing that was. So I I really relate to that, Nikki, and I I thank you for sharing that because it it is the way that corporations are going these days is by starting to erase that, that, that hard wall between personal and corporate. Yeah, that's really, really neat. If I can add something else, it's just like as an athlete as well, like coming from there, uh, being in a team sport, especially, it was so important. And we didn't do it for a long time as well. It was very serious. I had a coach that was very serious and it wasn't like we, we were always trying to fight for places and fight for everything. And then there was a moment where we had this new coach and it, it changed everything. We there were, Everything was going crazy wrong. We weren't playing well. No one could understand. And we put ourselves in a room and what our coach did (laughs) and um, he was like we need to talk about this we need to understand what's happening and some of those beautiful moments happened like for example I was really struggling with my injury but I hadn't really told anyone except for the coaches and stuff knew and it came all came out because people thought I was slacking off people thought why wasn't I training but I was actually going to the I was going to the pool or I was going to do something else but it wasn't it wasn't um talked about right and that everything then came out and everyone went well they were frustrated with this they were frustrated with that player they were wondering why people weren't doing pulling their weight here and the same can happen in business right and when we had that moment honestly that was just before the olympic qualifiers in london and we started playing the best hockey we ever had played before and we almost qualified for london we should have but we didn't in the end but i mean that really was a moment that changed everything i think even the teams now have got that now so they're much more open and honest with each other um and and we can bring that into business because you have to be you have to be able to be open with each other and and if someone's not pulling the weight you're able to say it then you know you're saying about putting the hammer down actually if you're more open with each other you can do that in a different way you can say hey what's going on you're not you're not doing your part of your job you know in a in a better way than like giving them, giving out to them. Do you know what I mean? Because you're much more. I do know what you mean. Yeah. That, that, that would just be honesty, wouldn't it? The ability to be honest instead of, uh, you know, providing an ultimatum or saying Mm -hmm. you'll be punished if you don't do X. What a, what a fascinating answer. And this, this perspective that you gain by bringing everybody together and smashing that wall between personal and in, in your case, professional sport mm-hmm. allowed you guys to excel, which is so wonderful. Do you find that the same thing is happening in your podcast? So here you have a podcast, you bring in these exceptional guests who are so fascinating, and you get this roundtable discussion whereby 
everyone gets to understand one another's perspectives. Do you find that that has an impact um, in the message that comes across? It, it ends up being a bit more personal. Do, do you find that happening, Tom, with the podcast? Uh, I, you know, podcasts are a tricky thing. The wonderful the wonderful realization that we're coming across now, which is why we're hoping that, um, you know, the show will grow and more and more people will have access to this information because Nikki and I are so privileged to have this outlet, one, and have an outlet that um, runs on a format that so many people are interested in joining as our guests because it's quite funny. If you ask somebody, do you want to tell us your story? Almost nobody will say no. And because that is how we approach all of our episodes. Mm -hmm. We want to learn um, not only the technical information and uh, practicalities of how to navigate your career, whether it's leaving a job, staying in a job, starting a side hustle. Um, it's You can Google these things. But what we are after is this this life experience that so many of our guests um, bring to us. And this thing that keeps coming back as well is the concept of work-life balance. Um, and very similar to what Nikki um, already mentioned, it's a very strange thing. Currently, we are all being told, don't hustle, enjoy life, work less, enjoy more. Um, but really, it comes down to personal preference. If your work truly fulfills you, if it's where you come alive, if it's where you feel seated within yourself, um, then great work, but not due to external pressures. And I, in particular, have a very, um, I don't have a love-hate relationship with the term work-life balance. I just have a hate relationship with it. <laughs> because <laughs> I can't remember the exact numbers. It's somewhere on an Instagram story that we did. Um, on the go hire podcast and Instagram quick promo. Oh, yeah. The but the point behind this was if you consider your work hours as hours at which you are not living, so work life balance, then you don't end up with a lot of lifetime at all, at least not waking lifetime. You know, before you, you feed the kids, you walk the dog, you go to work, you come home, make dinner, walk the dog again, possibly feed the kids again and change a diaper, and then you have half an hour with a glass of red wine and then you go to sleep. So <laughs> what we want to inspire people to do is to wherever you are and whatever you do, um, just be there and be present and have your feelings and be available um, to others mm -hmm. because this is how you're going to enrich teams, enrich your career, and also notice when you are straying from the path that feels right to you. And this is something that is reflected by a lot of our guests on the show. And that's why I think it resonates um, with the audience as well because people can um, not only listen and say, this is really good advice, but they can say, oh, I have felt like this too before. And that's why they will build trust with us. And um, so, yeah, I found that in the podcast quite a bit. That, that's, that's awesome. When, when, you, when you go down this road, um, when you go down this road and you are oh, working with somebody on a podcast, do you, do you find that you end up learning a ton. It ends up being a moment of real reflection. I, I, I've, I've worded that so poorly that I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to cut that part out. But here's what I really want to say. What I really want to say is, do you ever find that after you've recorded a podcast, what you've just discovered and what you've just learned in the podcast comes up again and again and again for the next two, three, four weeks? And it's this massive tidal wave of learning that's a result of what you disclosed and what you, um, what you brought forth from this beautiful podcast that you create. Do you ever find that happens? Do you want to go, Nikki? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I think it does, actually. It happens quite a lot. And um, <laughs> it doesn't always be like, it's not always like one after the next. Like sometimes it's like 
a month later or two months later, like, oh, we had this person on our pocket. They said the same thing, right, Tom? It's like, it's not always like straight after, but um, for sure, we're learning things all the time and it's incredible. And I love listening to all our guests and I get so much energy. I think we're like on a buzz afterwards as well, which we will be after this one too, because <laughs> it, I love it. I love just talking about these things and and understanding and, and finding out new things and and also reaffirming some things too right that we may think ourselves and then actually you hear someone else saying like oh yeah that's cool I think like that too um but yeah for sure we've got some golden threads going through our whole podcast which didn't it happened naturally right it didn't like we weren't like we're choosing these people so we have this golden thread running through everything it just happened naturally yes I think Tom right yeah, I think one of the well, I want to I quote well, I want to I want to quote a wonderful friend of ours in just a little mm-hmm. bit, Matt. If you're listening to this, I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> one of the things that keeps coming back is um, the concept of um, I think connection, mm-hmm. and whether and we're not talking about a personal connection with people, we're talking about connecting in a meaningful um, way with people, connecting uh, around being of service, so lending a hand, being helpful. Uh, where you can, when you can, without the expectation of giving back. And at the end of the day, what all of our guests come back to us with is to say the number one thing that determined the path of my career um, is the people that I met along the way. And yes. it's people that I can call on in mm-hmm. a moment of distress, in a moment of joy. It's people that maybe, you know, I've only met twice. And then I read a really interesting article on the internet. And I thought, oh, my God, this person would probably really enjoy reading this, too. And so I would send it to them. And two years later, I was, um, I would, you know, one of our guests would find themselves in a professional pickle um, and, you know, just post something about it on LinkedIn, for example. And this one person that they sent the article to two years prior will say, I remember that you sent this to me and it was so helpful and insightful. What can I do? What can I do? And so, you know, just being connected um, truthfully and authentically has a way of coming back um, tenfold to aid you in a moment of distress. And the other piece, and this is Matt, if you're there, um, he ended his podcast episode with us with the undying words of, just don't be the a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> sage advice. Very because sage advice. nobody <laughs> likes that person, you know. So yes. be courteous and be kind and be uh, a person of good energy. It doesn't mean that you be, have to be happy all the time. It mm. doesn't mean that you have to live a life without friction um, because that would be quite boring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, be present and be mindful. And that is that is just through across all of the episodes that we've done so far, a piece of advice that keeps coming back. It sounds very basic, but it's something that you have to actively pay a lot of attention to. And connections, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead, Nikki. Connections you mentioned there, Tim. I think both of us are really good at that. Like that's one of our, definitely one of our strengths is connecting people. But if you listen to the podcast, as Tom already said, like connections I have had for years and suddenly I just, you know, send them a message going, we're doing this podcast. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Like I haven't talked to them for ages. Some of them like back in Ireland, like even before I left, like even 10 years ago, some of them I haven't even met, like seen. And we were able to just go, hey, would you come on the podcast? And Mm. it's an important point is that keeping those connections going alive. Like you said, Tom, maybe it's, it doesn't have to be all the time, but every so often you think of them you send them something and they know that and they're the type of connections that we we really always have Tom I think like you said at the start you know we'll be friends forever because I think even if we go somewhere else we'll still meet back one day and just be the same as we were before you know <laughs> yeah. one of those connections I think and and we do that with a lot of people that we talk to 
And I think it also speaks to residual energy, right? So when, when you are, when you have a relationship and it could be a past relationship from even a decade ago, and when you've invested in that relationship with authenticity and real heart and real love, then there is residual energy. When you call upon somebody, uh, perhaps a decade later, oftentimes you'll find that that you pick up right where you left off. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a, a beautiful rekindling of uh, of a relationship. Hey, here's a quick question for both of you: Do you ever go back and listen to your podcasts? Um, and then the second part of that question is: If you do, or if you don't, is there anything? Do you have one or two insights that are just so? They stand above everything else that you think to yourself, this is the insight right now for me. I keep coming back to this one. Does that ever happen to you? Or did you ever go back and listen to your podcasts? Well, you know, just for the hilarity of it all, I always go back and listen to the podcast. And I will say it at the end of the episode quite often as well, because I'm editing the show. So I'm yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that kind of doesn't count, Tom. I'm talking about like a month later, you like dial it up on Apple Podcasts and say, oh, I really like this one. Let's listen to this one again. I have a few times. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do. I do all the time because obviously you know, the, the show is very, very fresh and um it's just it's our baby and so obviously i look at it i inspect it whether it's uh, on you know through a visual visual format on instagram or actually diving back into the episodes and i think mm, there's so many individual insights that i could pick out that are also really <laughs> empowering to me but what i quite enjoy that rings true throughout is that you are you are the only person in your career that has the right and the authority to draft, um, write, approve, and execute the rules of your career journey. So mm-hmm. when we are on social media, we see always, you know, quit your nine to five now, run the side hustle, create your online course, be a millionaire in six months. Or um, the shoe doesn't fit right now, you don't like your job, okay, exit and, you know, possibly jump from the frying pan into the fire. So mm-hmm. what so many of our guests bring back to us is to say really just be present and introspect first before you do anything what is it about your job that doesn't appear to work is it Mm -hmm. management is it the project scope is it the job title is it uh, compensation or is it you do you need to leave the place that you're at or do you just have to look at it with fresh eyes um, and take the power back, shape your job, come up with proposals, figure out what the business needs, and then go do it. Um, and because that will make you come alive. So the point is, you, your choices can never be rooted in um, escapism. It always needs to be a sense of um, pursuit and self-empowerment. Whatever you do, whether you want to stay, mm-hmm. leave, create a side hustle, play the Euro Millions and get rich, whatever this is. Which <laughs> I've done a few times. I've done a few <laughs> sure. times and lost. Um, but I think this is this is my favorite thing to just break <laughs> with the, with the um, stereotypes that we are currently mm-hmm. surrounded by. Not that becoming an entrepreneur and running side hustles, what have you, isn't brilliant. But mm-hmm you know, reflect and pause and make sure that this really is your choice and not because you've seen it in somebody else's life. This comes back all the time and I love it. Yeah. I, I think I know the answer to the next question I want to ask you <laughs> because I've, I've listened to your podcast so many times now and there's so much good advice when it comes to career fulfillment. But Tom, you just mentioned the silver bullet of quitting one's job. And Nikki, I would like to ask you, mm-hmm. is it possible to find career fulfillment without changing jobs? I mean, a lot of people think that, oh yes, I just have to change the circumstance and everything will be better. So what, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the golden advice for somebody who is considering that? 
Is it possible to find fulfillment in your current job that you dislike? Yes, absolutely. I think so. I mean, there will come a point maybe that you've tried a lot of things and it doesn't work. And then it's like, okay, maybe it's time to think outside. But we had um, we had a guest recently, Tom, I can't remember who it was now. <laughs> you might have to help me. Um, Speaking about this. Just keep going, you know. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to chime in when the name comes to me. Yeah. Okay. So we had a guest recently who was speaking about this a lot, um, and and that's what she does a lot of work with people because, like you said, immediately people are like, I hate my job. I need to get out. I need to move. I need to change. And you put so much energy into that that you're forgetting that you can actually change from the inside as well. Um, and we had another guest called um Andrew Andrea as well who also said. And I have this, I have this up on our Instagram now. I'm looking at it. Um, we can all do our bit to change the world for better. And I think you can do the same for yourself. I just think that resonates in for people as well, that you can take little steps to make yourself better without having to make a giant leap about mm. leaving, right? Mm. So you can always do small things internally. Like, for example, what I'm doing is um, a lot of work with uh, IND um, and, and trying to, you know, change things from the inside and small steps. And it's taken like two years now since I've been there and working on this to to make these changes. But these mm-hmm. small changes are making huge impact. Um with the small changes when I first arrived with Tom, we were in our we were in the LGBT group. We decided to make it a bit more than just what it was, to become mm-hmm. a bit more educational, to try and bring in the senior leaders to our meetings, to let them hear what we're talking about. And that was the biggest thing. Like that's such a small if you think about it, it's a small little thing we did. We invited them to to events and we invite, especially when they went online, we invited these people to these events and suddenly people started coming and listening. And then eventually we ended up developing in these massive global ERGs now. And oh, wow. That's what happened. They're not massive. I mean, I meant massive in a way. It's global, right? It's not just small anymore. So we really exploded it all because we invited and spoke to senior leaders. And again, back to using your strengths is also what what Andy was talking about is make sure that you use your strengths because our strengths were, you know, not being afraid to speak to senior leaders like Tom and myself. Not neither of us were ever afraid to do that, to knock on the door and be like, hey, this is happening. Did you know that? And they're like, no, because you know what? They're people too. And that developed into something bigger. And we just grew into these bigger ERGs, so employee resource groups. Um, mm-hmm. That has now become a, a, lot, a big part of the company. And also IND is really now being ingrained into everything, into every department, into all of the things we do. Um, there's still a long way to go, but those small things made a massive change. Oh, I, I feel you there, Nikki, because it's it's just a step at a time, isn't it? It's yeah. a progressive realization on the way to your vision. And that must feel so fulfilling to be able to see that happening in real time, albeit, you know, one step at a time, not these giant leaps, but one step at a time. Mm-hmm. It didn't Does really answer ful- your question, but I think, <laughs> well, it's, it is in a way because it's really giving me fulfillment because my job I, I like my job, but it's not like the be all and end all, right? But I really enjoy the other parts that I have in the company. And I think everyone can do that, big or small company. Again, it's back to the small things. If you have passionate about something like I am, about um IND, I can make a change, right? And it can it could happen in, in a small company, a big company. You can do that. And that can give you the fulfillment, which changes your your outlook on your job then. 
mm-hmm. and what else you do within the company. Okay, so Tom, weigh in on this then. It can can one be fulfilled from a great career, or or does a great career come from being fulfilled? How, how does it work? Is it, I know this is a chicken and egg kind of question, mm-hmm. but how would you answer that? By by running away, by running away from um, from the you'll question. only confront it somewhere else, Tom. <laughs> mm, no, no. So I mean, first of all, I must quickly catch up. Obviously, the first uh, point that Nikki mentioned about you know making your job work for you, um, that was our wonderful episode with the incomparable, completely unforgettable Carson Tate, um, who is the founder of a company called Working Simply. Um, and she was spectacular, sensational. We were just gushing over her because she's got a Southern American accent. And I so... enjoyed that episode. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so magnificent, magnificent. I think it is a chicken and egg question and it's a self-perpetuating um, one as well. It really depends on what you are after and, and in your life. And I always ask myself this question. I talk about it um, to friends, but also in a professional from a professional standpoint is what do you want? How do you want your life to feel? So this is not just about how much money do you want to have, but it's it's how do you come alive and how do you feel satisfied? And from a career standpoint, that means asking yourself, even if you go, if you're in a current job or if your career transitioning, you're just getting started, asking yourself the questions, what matters to me? Is it um, flexible work hours? Is it the ability to be in the office or work remotely from anywhere where you want to be in case you want to be a bit more of a digital nomad, but still have the uh, ability to um, have a stable income? Is it more maternity paternity leave? Um, does it have to do with healthcare compensation? Do you want to feel safe in your skin? Or is it really, you know, you want to be in the hot kitchen, you want it to be fast paced, high energy, and, you know, rise and make that money because the climb up the ladder is daunting as it can be. It's also a thrilling and exhilara- um, exhilarating um, thing. And I was th- living off of that energy for many, many years until mm-hmm. the pandemic actually forced all of us to slow down and I learned to source energy and motivation from uh, things like deep thinking and much more creative outlets, um, which eventually also led me to to leave the corporate world and um, launch my own business and you know run my social run our social media and do the podcast with Nikki. And these motivations, you need to keep an eye on them because they are quite mm-hmm. um, they're fleeting and they're always changing. And mm-hmm. what inspired you to go to university and study a certain thing might no longer inspire you seven days later. And I think we're now all experiencing this amazing sense of freedom to choose to not just be this one thing, cling to a job for dear life and hope that, you know, the 40 years that we have to be in the job market go by quickly so that we can finally mm-hmm. retire and be at peace. So, you know, fulfillment is really up to you and you always have the power to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if I understand you correctly, I think you might be saying that it, it can come from both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It, it sounds to me like you've found fulfillment in a job and you've also found fulfillment from within. And that led you to starting businesses that that are in alignment with who you are and, and what makes you feel fulfilled. 100%. Uh, and it would have been unimaginable for me and not the right thing for me to do either, for example, four years ago, because there my fulfillment came from um, because Nikki has experienced me in the office. I'm never in my office. I also rarely ever wear shoes, just FYI. Um, but I'm always, I'm always pacing. I'm always out and about. I'm looking for meetings. Can I join this group? What project is this? What does it mean? I'm so interested. I want to learn. It's high pace. It's energy. And then this suddenly changed. I said, no, it's actually... I want something more substantive now. I want something that is my own. I want to nurture a brand and a product. And maybe in five years from now, I will say, I want to have a break from this. And actually, I want to 
dive back into that you know ring and the hustle and the bustle of uh, being in a large organization so yeah it's what i'm saying is it's self-perpetuating um and it's always changing what fulfills you so just keep you know a watchful eye and take those breaks um do nothing for a second just stare at the wall and see does this sit right with me or do i maybe have to do something different yeah. And it sounds to me that that growth is always occurring when 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 you're in that environment and, and you're in that spirit. What types of growth have to occur in order to evolve and to expand the level of impact one can have in a career, Nikki? Well, it's a really good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, well, for me, I feel like I feel like the growth has just happened by my experiences. Um naturally a lot you know and, and the choices I've made as well um, and how I've grown that way but also you have you know educational pieces too that can help you to grow so I think every day is a school day <laughs> um, uh, yep. and you should learn all the time you shouldn't stop learning um I'm actually busy trying to find another course for me um <laughs> to do soon but um for sure I think yes you do I think you should never stop growing and, and changing, not changing, but growing and developing what you have. You don't have to change anything, but just definitely develop and, and look outside your box as well. Right. So you don't want to stay in one thing the whole time. You need to make sure that you look outside because it can also help that one thing that you're doing because you'll see different sides of things. You'll see different experiences or you'll hear from someone else that might help you to unlock what you're stuck at as well because sometimes we get stuck in projects or we get you know trying mm -hmm. to understand a project and the best thing to do is actually probably put it down for a bit and uh, and look away and look at different things and, and ask for help as well um so for me for sure you need to do all of those things to to help grow your career um and to move your career on as well you can't just stop because otherwise you'll definitely get stuck there for sure. And when you say moving your career on, you know, that can mean many things. That can mean promotion, that can mean uh, more income or a better salary or a better mm -hmm. package. Do you find, do both of you find that there is a correlation between growth, fulfillment, and wealth? Have you ever found that in, in the corporate arena or even in the, the private arena? Hmm. It's um, a really, it's a really tricky question to talk about money and even the way in which we run the podcast we are very cognizant of the fact that for the most part we're talking and really only authentically can talk to a very privileged group of people uh, mm -hmm. because both Nikki and I had access to education um, that allowed us to have the freedom to choose really and um, you know even when Nikki quit her her, her uh, sporting career uh, had the ability to do a master's you know all of this mm -hmm. takes resources it costs money um, and so I just wanted to put this out that we're very cognizant that what I'm probably about to say doesn't hold true for for a lot of you know listeners out there, possibly listeners of your show as well. Um, I think having money it allows you money or you know because we talk about wealth in terms of money, but wealth of opportunity it just brings you um, peace of mind and mm -hmm. the freedom to choose. And I'm not talking about which handbag you want to buy or purse, a male purse. Um, <laughs> um, the freedom to walk away from something if you mm -hmm. have a financial buffer um, and even if you are out of a job for a second um, you don't have to take the next gig that comes your way that you know doesn't satisfy you that you know is not going to allow you to unfold your true potential and really also deliver the greatest value to the organization that hires you it gives you the ability to look into work and to jobs not as 
um as it's a social contract you donate your time and um and um and your abilities and in return you will get uh, you will get money and opportunity and experience and if some a part of that equation doesn't work for you then you have the ability to walk away if you have um if you have the financial uh, the financial backing to do so so i think that to me is the most critical part of the wealth question yeah and it it strikes me as as very interesting that you you included opportunity mm-hmm. in the wealth category and i really appreciate that i think that's a really insightful way to look at wealth because wealth does equal opportunity when we are fulfilled and when we are growing expanding and learning constantly that tends to open up opportunities for us, doesn't it? Mm. And that can come in the form of, of a higher paycheck, that can come with promotion, that can come with more responsibility, that can come with fantastic new endeavors you're starting and ways that we can change the world. So I, I think that that's a real, really significant take home for our audience today, that, that wealth is measured in a numerous amount of ways. Mm. And one of the ways we might look at that is through opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be a great podcast topic for me in the future. I might just actually riff on that for a whole hour. I'll just jump. I'll jump in quickly and just say one thing as Please well. Do. Like, um, you know, the fear thing comes back in as well, right? So, for example, my last job, I ended up, you know, I was a bit stuck, so I decided to look elsewhere, and I ended up going, I suppose, down a level in in my responsibilities, but mm-hmm. I my wealth went up, you know, so money wise went up so that was good for me so there's there's times when you have to almost like look at that fear directly and go oh i'm losing this position or i'm losing that to but at the end of the day you're doing it to actually go up you know there's plenty of times when that happens right where you have to make a decision that kind of can change your your career or can can make it so much better but you might take a step backwards first, if you know, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So it's, it is a big fear though, because it's like, Oh, what am I doing? Like I'm going maybe backwards in my career, but actually you're going backwards to go forwards. Um, it, so I it think it makes that's, a ton of sense. Yeah. Something to yeah. remember. Yeah. For every sacrifice, there's something else on the other side of the equation that's exactly. either replaced or taken away, or it, it, it just, there's no such thing as, as an equilibrium really mm-hmm. when, when one makes a decision. Can you share your favorite examples of how a career dedicated to making positive change has actually created positive change? <laughs> so do, does that does that happen on a daily basis, Nikki, for you in the office, or does that is that like a weekly thing, or you know what what types of positive change are you making? And you, and you talked about some of the advancements that you've made with regard to LGBT. Mm. Um, maybe share a few of those with us if you could. Yeah, for sure. I'll always go back to the example where I am now because I think such a big company um to make changes was was something that people again back to fear feared and then having those conversations and because we were who we were and and how we were so comfortable in ourselves that especially tom was there at the start when we started Mm -hmm. making changes but there was a few of us that were like totally you know ourselves and it didn't come down to the fact that oh we need this job and we're not going to say anything to rock the boat. We were all like, well, you know what? I feel so comfortable with myself. If they don't like this, then we're just going to have to move on. Right. So that I think was really liberating as well, because I was like, we need to make mm. these changes, right? We need to make it better for everybody. Um, and, and that's definitely, you know, really come out in this job that I'm in, um, and making those changes, positive changes. It's, it's not easy. 
Um, and you have to be ready for those really difficult conversations to make those positive changes. But the small steps and the small, like there's the foundations that you can build by having those conversations with the right people is also a good point to remember, like you need to speak to the right people too. Um, you need to understand who those people are. You need to create the connections and try and, and, and get in to talk to them because that's what happens and people make the difference and real stories as well. So I think there are some of the most it's amazing, like it's only been two years, but I think all the things, when I look back, all the things we've done in those two years to make this positive change has been incredible. And yeah, I think it's, it's such an opportunity that I'm so happy that I took. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last there, but I definitely know that when I leave, I've, I've made such a positive impact. Um, and just sharing my story is one of those as well. Like being personal, uh-huh. like going back to the start where we were talking about keeping a barrier between yourself <laughs> or your work and your personal life. I think this was a perfect example of when it worked really well, where I just opened up and I was myself and I was telling my story and I got other people to do that too. We got some of our colleagues to tell their stories and that was a ripple effect because it just made people think about, especially the LGBT community in a different way because they went, oh, you're actually normal people. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, (laughs) you know, especially when you talk about different dimensions, because people think you, you, none of us are one dimensional, right? We're not just one thing. And people forget that because when you think about it, we, we brought this amazing story. I always tell this story, Tom, you're probably sick of it, but we had, (laughs) (laughs) we had one, um, we do these lunch and learns, right? So we were trying to change the way we were doing things and educate people instead of just going for drinks after work. So we did a, a lunch and learn where we did it with the parents group and I invited one of my colleagues and, and he'd never really told this story to work. So it was a big thing for him or people in work. Um, and he stood up and he told a story about being a gay man, single dad, and who had had his baby by surrogacy in America. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd gone over to America and done all this, the whole process. And literally the room, everyone was in tears because they were just understanding this story. And he, he told it in such a way as well, like so personable, so like friendly and just like, this is me, you know. And then you could see people's light bulbs going off. Oh, he's like me. I'm a single mom. Or he's like me. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I, I had to go through that process to, or IVF or whatever it was, you know, I had all these different things that they realized that we're not just one person. And he's a gay man as well. And they were like, okay, so you're just like me. Um, So there are definitely some of the things that I remember very, very well and how we made these positive changes within a, a, such a big company like I'm, I'm in and, and a big old corporate. <laughs> that That is stunningly beautiful. And you said something, people mm-hmm. make a difference. And that really resonates because it's people's stories, it's their, it's their trueness, it's their authenticity that we relate to. And I can only imagine being in that meeting and hearing this gentleman speak about mm-hmm. being a single gay father, how moving and how beautiful that would have been. So congratulations on, on the progress that you're making and, and opening people up to the reality of life. I, I think that is making a massive, massive difference. It's funny that thus far we've spent a lot of time discussing, you know, personal fulfillment and personal journeys and growing and expansion. And we haven't spent a lot of time on sustainability, something that's really near and dear to your heart, Tom. And it occurs to me that 
I'm positioning it as though sustainability and personal growth are two separate things. Mm. But in fact, they're not really, are they? How does sustainability fit into the whole corporate concept these days? And what are you doing specifically to to bring sustainability to light and, and make it perhaps a bit more personal? Well, I mean, it really depends on how we look at the term sustainability. So is it, are we talking about, you know, the environment and environmental sustainability? Or are we looking at the sustainability of, um, in terms of longevity of operations, of uh, a career choice that is paying off? Um, have you landed in a space that where you will feel you have a sustainable career in? Um, as yeah, in, good, as good in, delineation. As in self I was... I was more referring to e- 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 eco- ecologically sustain- ecological. ecological sustainability. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think it's such a, it's such an interesting and hot space at the moment. We've just seen so many new angles being developed um, across the world in the past couple of years. You know, because the United Nations are obviously leading this conversation with the Sustainable Development Goals, but we are seeing so many more iterations of this now. The mm. um, whether this is Extinction Rebellion on the more um, radical side of the spectrum, we're seeing uh, young activists, and you know, think of her what you will, but what Greta Thunberg did is she told people that you as an individual and nobody have power to suddenly become this global phenomenon and um, and really incite strong change. You know, the school changes are still going on and, and she's just given people a sense of me as the small person where before I would have thought, um, you know, my actions don't matter anyways. All of a sudden they do and it's all fueled by the power of the internet and by by pop culture. I remember a time when, and I'm investigating this at the moment, I remember a time when um, calling somebody, you nerd. A nerd was a slur. It was right. to insult and diminish somebody. And then all of a sudden, nerd glasses. Do you remember nerd glasses, non-prescription <laughs> spectacles that everybody wanted to wear? And it, Those are called UV glasses these days, Tom. UV, blue light, you know. Yeah, you call it yes. what you may, but they were in, the, in social media as nerd glasses. And all of a sudden, this term, this slur, became this hip and funky and exciting thing. And it dominated everybody's world. And everybody had to have, you know, a piece of this, this new it entity. And it it gives me so much hope, because I think that we have the ability to transform any topic, any behavior. So again, back to environmental sustainability, into something that is suddenly trendy. And I'm um, that is, you know, and th- therein lies the power, whether this is scientific discourse or what the not-for-profits organizations are doing, we're talking in a very small, tight little bubble of people that cares. But what we have to do is inside change within, you know, everyday people like you and I. And so I think there's there's a lot of movement. What this means for corporate is um, we have all the ingredients and all the levers, you know, for this new code of conduct to come into existence. And we've had them for a while now. So companies um, want, you know, shareholder and investor goodwill um, and will adapt um, their, val- their values and their behavior to appeal to them for continued cash flow and bottom lines. You know, companies want to attract top talent, so they will present themselves in a certain light because people have started to, you know, much like they care about the clothes that they put on their back, they start to care about the places where they work and what that means for them because it becomes not only a job, but a part of how you express your values. You know, where you work is as important as to what you the kind of food you put in your mouth all of a sudden. And, um, they want consumer. Um, they want consumer trust, and it's not only about sustainable packaging, but it's becoming about the the the, the spirit mm-hmm. of an organization. And you know, none of this is old news. 
But the power mm-hmm. of the internet is giving everybody access to this conversation. It's not an exclusive club anymore. It's mm-hmm. not just about politics and regulation. This is everybody can chime in. Everybody can um, be, everybody can have their voice heard. And when there's a, what did we see the other day um, from an organization that will remain unnamed, but they ran a really, really insensitive advertising campaign around a food product that was uh, actually um, slandering the LGBTQ plus community. It didn't even take a day for this ad to disappear from the internet and the organization scrambling as fast as they could because the outcry was so loud. Oh, wow. Um, and whether this is on the environment, if you, if people can hop over onto my blog. I think I've written about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's power and there's movement and there's energy and people want to be of service. Um, again, longest answer in the in the history book, but um, sustainability companies, it has become an inseparable thing, whether this is about employees or consumers, people start to care and they're starting to be loud about how much they care. And I love it. Yeah, as do I. And I think I think where I was going with the question, I didn't even realize it when I was posing the question, is is that I, I, it pains me when it, when ecological sustainability is about a trend or is about mm-hmm. uh, the movement or the swell that we see on on social media or in the news. And it would be so beautiful if it was just part and parcel of who we are. Mm. And when you asked me that question, Alex, well, what do you mean about sustainability? Is it ecological or is it more the sustainability of a person in terms of the longevity of their job and so on and so forth? Um, I wonder if it starts there. If, if we adopt a mentality of sustainability with regard to ourselves, sustaining ourselves, being beautiful human beings, feeding <laughs> yeah. ourselves well, I wonder if that spills over into everything because we're so connected to nature. We are indeed nature is the message that mm. I try and tell as many people as I can. And so perhaps there comes a day where People don't make that delineation anymore, and it's just a natural thing. It's it's a non-negotiable when we when we start a job. I think that's kind of where I was going with the question. But uh, oh, exciting! Well, wonderful. <laughs> so then here's here was your here was your um, free five minutes of me rambling on. But uh, I absolutely I think you're right. Then in, in response to that question, um, short and succinct, I will say everybody cares about something. It may not mm-hmm. be environmental sustainability. It may not be the LGBTQ plus community, but we all care about something. And I wholeheartedly believe that if we take a minute to find out what this is and carry it with us and share it and advocate for it, that is where a lot of fulfillment is going to come from and it's going to change the space around you. So have a think, have a listen and go do it. So, so obviously in the line of work that you're in, and I, I, I say that very loosely, and what I mean by that is the, the, the bettering of humanity. That's what I call it. <laughs> in this line of work that you've both chosen, that you're doing so admirably, do you see companies that are doing an awesome job of embracing the actualization of these principles? Uh, and on the contrary, do you see companies that are doing a terrible job of it? You've just blogged about that, Tom, but are, are there are there particular segments of the economy that that can do a better job? They're just by and large, this entire segment is doing a disservice to humanity. Do you, and I don't want to be pointing fingers because that's not what this podcast is all about. But is there room for improvement in certain areas? Well, you can definitely hop in because I, I, yeah, I thinking of companies, it's, it's quite hard to, to like, I don't look at all the companies, but I think there's, there's definitely companies are doing well. And I think when you look at 
my passion in DEI. Um, the companies who are doing that well are thriving. You know, people mm-hmm. who are definitely being diverse, but it's not just about being diverse, it's about being actually inclusive um, and making sure that everyone is at, this, at the same um, playing field as well, level playing field, because obviously all of that has to connect. You can't just be diverse and expected to be fine <laughs> not not actually include those people into conversations and mm. bring them onto the table and actually yeah. let them speak um because that's different right you can have a table of diverse people but if they're not allowed to speak then what's the point um that's <laughs> quite a famous uh, a statement from uh, the the president i think it was of the tokyo 2020 olympic games um from in tokyo he he allowed a woman to come to the table but they weren't allowed to speak um <laughs> so that, that's something that he got in trouble with actually had to stop um being the president um of the committee and <laughs> so basically that's yeah i think there's a lot of times where companies think they're doing it it's like you said tom earlier about washing or pink washing green washing all these things as well but companies think they're doing something well but they're not they're also think i also feel that it's not always their fault. They're trying their best. So I think, like you said, not pointing fingers at everybody because we don't understand the whole backstory. We don't understand what their journey is because sometimes they can be quite naive and they just go, oh, we really want to do this, but and let's just do that. And they don't really think about it. They, they think that they're doing a, a good thing, right? So we mm-hmm. also have to be very wary of when we point fingers at companies um, doing something because we don't know, we don't understand their side of it either. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of trying to pick out companies or or that are doing well, it's pretty difficult. Um, but I think if you go, there's definitely plenty of lists that companies who are doing well business-wise and in, in general, holistically, they're looking at everything. They look at every part of diversity, inclusion and equity, and they really bring it into the culture of the company and they can see the difference because especially in the LGBT community. I know we speak about that a lot, but obviously that's because it's our side of things. We know most um, people who are able to be themselves truly will bring their best self to work, which means like, clearly it's not, it's not really rocket science that they're going to do well at their job, right? Because <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not thinking, they're not only bringing 70% because sometimes if they're doing that, it's because they're thinking about, oh, I can't say this. I can't talk about my partner. I have to try and change them into the opposite sex or I have to try and, you know, think like that. I can't, I can't be myself. I'm going to have to try and act a different way. I have to rein myself in. I can't be, you know, truly the way I am. So there's like literally at least 30% of someone, if they're, if they're in the closet, for example, holding back and they're not going to give themselves totally, which means they're, they're, they're not going to perform at their top, right? So mm-hmm. clearly, there's a there's a a, a a reason why companies that are very open and doing that really well are are also doing well on the business side. Um, but yeah, Tom, you probably have a much better answer to that one than me. <laughs> I quite like your answer actually, but I want to give uh, our esteemed host the opportunity to. You know, would you like more content on this question? Would you like to move on? <laughs> what are you saying? Always, Tom. Always. If you've got a perspective, I'd love to hear it. Um, for for me, what naming like Nikki said, naming specific companies companies is very uh, complicated. I am, but there are a couple of markers that I always look for when I want to assess. You know, are they actually serious? And one of the most recent phenomena we're seeing a big um, trend at the moment because consumer uptake is good about this is zero packaging waste. 
Um, so mm -hmm. you will see, you know, people will be encouraged to buy blocks of soap uh, in a small piece of cardboard as opposed to, you know, a pump dispenser with plastic and what have you. I look at companies and I want to ask them the question, okay, this is great. So the final product that you put on the shelf doesn't have any packaging associated with it. What happens in the rest of your supply chain? Mm -hmm. Yes. Know, are you looking at your operations holistically or just at what is going to be front-facing value? Because that for me is then a sellout. I'm excited that they're contributing to the trend and the language and inspiring consumers to love zero waste. So there's a you know, there's something positive even about this. But I want to see are they going further? Are they critically introspecting? You know, do they invite independent expertise? Are they fessing up to what they can do? what they cannot do or is that being put um, under the table um is the workforce as mm -hmm. the you know the workforce uh, leveraged as a sounding board you know, these companies have there's an army of value-driven and opinionated people are they liberated incited and invited to join the conversation about the direction that the company has taken and i think one of the most important things is are you willing to sacrifice a piece of your bottom line to own up to your values. So for instance, they want to change a piece of the packaging on some consumer product. And they know that not every consumer will be excited about this change because it will change the way that it operates or what have you. But the company has decided, no, we want to be a zero plastic waste company. Are you willing to lose those consumers to the competition, but remain intact and strong about your values and attract new ones in return? Those are sort of the, the three things that, you know, that I've that my brain is flirting with these days when I look at companies and assess how sincere they actually are. That those are great observations. And you know, it's it's something from a corporate standpoint I have looked at within our own companies, but I, I seldom think beyond the the packaging or lack of packaging in a store when I go in there and and make my choices as a consumer as to what's actually happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'll be a, a bit more aware of that going forward, given that example that you've just provided. Thank you. Um, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about corporations and 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 the change that occurs in corporations. And in in a in a conversation that we had prior to recording, we were talking about Switzerland as a country, as so maybe like a macrocosm of, <laughs> of a corporation. And you you were both telling me that in a country like Switzerland, you were having a referendum on LGBTQ rights. Did I overhear correctly in the last podcast episode that you just put out that that referendum did indeed happen? Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. And it was marriage equality and the past. So yeah, very exciting. How great is that? Yeah. Will that set cool. the tone for for corporations in Switzerland and perhaps throughout all of the EU? I hope so. I mean, a lot of companies here did sign um to support it, um, which was great. Um, to see the big companies do that. I mean, we are <laughs> there's a big celebration, which is kind of funny. There's quite a few cartoons around. I don't know if I'll share some because I've seen some really funny ones where Switzerland are like celebrating this thing and like the rest of Europe are like up at the, you know, the podium <laughs> and Switzerland are right, down, like, down the bottom. Right. I think it's so exciting because they got it, but like the rest of Europe is like way ahead, you know, they won like, I don't, I think it's 20 years since it happened first in, in the Netherlands. So it's quite far behind, but it is massive. It is massive for us. Um, And only last year, um, was the referendum for discrimination against LGBTQ people. So there's big changes in the last two years. And it also included um, 
access to reproductive health as well, which was a big thing um, for lesbian couples. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of big changes which won't come in till next year. Um, but it passed pretty well. It was 60 something percent. That was yes. Awesome. So, so yeah, it was really, really nice to see that. And um, it, there was a moment where people thought it might be much closer, but it was good. It was good in the end. So I'm so very uplifted by that news. Uh, <laughs> what we're talking about here is vitally important. It's it's about a, a better life. It's about it's about a better mm-hmm. world, a, a more inclusionary world, where we recognize one another as human beings and brothers and sisters and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 is the essence of of I think what we're mm-hmm. building here. Uh, one last question for both of you. You. Do you have an end goal with regard to your podcast? In other words, what's your vision of the world if everyone becomes a disciple of the Tom and Nikki way of life? Absolutely, because then we could quit our jobs properly. Uh, Just do this. <laughs> so please. the truth. Here please. we go. Please come join us. <laughs> no, Tom, you can be more serious. Oh, fab- I mean, You'll, you, know, you think be, the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we were already independently wealthy, we wouldn't have to think about uh, such things but obviously yes there's also you know we want this to become a professional outlet it's more than just a hobby we're behind this we believe in its uh, in its power to help people um and for me if there's you know if there's one thing that people should take away from coming to the show and listening to it it's i want to tell them you are more than just your job description or your rank and your title or your status as a partner a lover a parent friend Think deeply about who you want to be, what you care about, either on a global or regional scale, and then go out and do it and be an advocate for it. And we all have a voice and we are not only allowed to use it, we must, you know, in order to mm-hmm. grow back together as a society, educate each other um, and mm-hmm. change the world. And so we talked about this as our mission a bit, but I just want people to be vocal about their values and change the places where they work, the people, the organizations. And we believe that in order to do this, we want to help people just have an easier time and teach them through experience of our guests how to build a side hustle, how to promote, self-promote at work, how to be a great presenter, how to network um, effortlessly and effectively. Because it is so, we all have to learn this career navigation from scratch. There's no information mm-hmm. out there about um, you know, how you can just become a leader earlier and not only in your career, but start to lead through your values because you've understood this job market language. And that's mm-hmm. why we're here because that's what we want people to do and we're trying to just be of service to that mission. Mm, beautifully articulated. Nikki, you want to add to that? I told you you'd be much better than me. um, (laughs) Basically, yeah, of course, everything Tom said. And um, I think, look, this is another good example of connections and um, what it means. It's not about money. It's not about anything. It's about, um, it's just about being yourself and talking the way we do and connecting to people the way we have. And especially with you now, Um, this has been amazing being on the your podcast because it just shows you that making those connections those small steps like I always talk about really does help and it can move your career or your life or whatever it is in any direction that you want to by reaching out to people by talking to people by making those connections and and not just making the connections but actually making them like looking after them as well we do talk about that a lot on our podcast too looking after those connections because again 
back to some of our examples, some of my guests 10, 15 years ago that I met them or, or knew them better and they still came on the podcast. So there's a lot of that as well um, that we try to bring over to people. Like don't just use people, you know, also like Tom just said there, make mm-hmm. sure you have something to give as well because that at the end of the day, that will be the, that will be the ultimate test and, and you'll be able to reach out to them again eventually if you need something because you've always been there for them. Well, that was a slam dunk for both of you. Your, your answers were so, so, so beautiful. It, it actually brings tears to my eyes. Hey, tell our audience how they can connect with you. Nikki, you talk about connections. How can they connect with your podcast? How can they connect with your social media? Um, tell us. Sure. So you can find us um, on pretty much every platform. The name of the show is Higher, as in height, Higher exclamation point career podcast. You can type that into uh, into any podcast player um, of your choice and you'll find us no problem. On uh, Instagram, where we post behind the scenes material, some uh, additional snippets of upcoming episodes and, and just some quirky stuff so you can get to know us a bit better. Uh, we are the Go Higher podcast in uh, one word. Um, and Nikki and I are on uh, on LinkedIn as well. Nikki Simmons and Tom Zamso, uh, the Higher Career Podcast, also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, Alex, um, that when you upload episodes, you always do a little bit of scribble um, in the show notes in the description of the episode. So we'll ping you all of our social media links. Uh, please get in touch. You can write us an email, uh, ping us a DM on Instagram. We'd love to hear what you think of the show, any questions that you might have and uh, how we can help you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have personal awesome. ones too. So mine is Nick Simmons across every platform. So N I K S Y M M O N S. And that's me. So Instagram, you're not as so much an Instagram queen, Tom. <laughs> you're more on our podcast. Um, of my own personal one. And then Twitter as well. I do, I close quite a lot, especially with, you know, our interest, the interest in DNI on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well. So Twitter is also Nick Simmons. Awesome. I would like to end this podcast by thanking both of you for being my guests today. I am so honored to be your friend. I am so grateful for what you are doing in the world right now to make this world a better place. It's just unbelievable. There are words that just can't come out of my mouth right now, which normally never happens. But I'm just so grateful to know both of you and to be working with you today and well into the future. Let's keep on going. This is the mission here to to improve the world, to make it an awesome place where people truly love one another and there is less division than there is today. So thank you for taking your time with me today. I, I so appreciate it. No, thank, thank you, for, you having for having us on the show. What an absolute yeah. joy. Shall we do it, Nikki? Shall we do our thing? <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like where this is going. I like it. Uh, okay, Let's hear it. Ready? But you can yeah. join us, Alex, in three, two, one. Let's, Let's go. Go get go it. I love it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thanks for your time, Nikki and Tom. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. And on behalf of all of us, please know that we appreciate you.